welcome to the Noob Show. This episode 13. 13 episodes of the Noob Show. We've all made it through on this fine October 21st, 2021. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host, RJ Dupree. This is the show about sports and whatever. Had a couple people hit me up this week. Say, hey, Duke, where's the Doob Show, man? You've been slacking. The Doob Show's awesome. We need to keep it rocking. Thank you to those guys for keeping keeping an eye on me, hollering out. Love it. That's what does keep this thing rocking. Today's a very fine Thursday, October 21st, 2021. The baseball playoffs are going on, and they've been fantastic. We're in... The final four of Major League Baseball. Tonight will be game five of the National League Championship Series between the Dodgers and the Braves. 3-1 Braves. 3-1 Braves. Who saw that coming? Of course, the Braves. We've chewed out the Braves before here on the Duke Show. I think that was episode three. General Manager Alex Anthropolis. Got on the Doof Show's bad side, and by golly, they've played fantastic. That no-name pitching staff, minus Alex Freed, has been dynamite. Pretty good bullpen, taking care of business in the playoffs. Although they did blow that lead in game four. They go into the eighth inning, leading five to two. When the train came all the way off the tracks... The Braves lost that game 9-2, but they lead the series 3-1. That game tonight, 7-08, game 5. Braves at the Dodgers. Couldn't close it out. Holy cow. A lot of things to talk about. The last couple of weeks have been fantastic. Of course, the American League Championship Series going on. Houston, Astros, and Boston. Astros on everybody's bad side, unless you love them. Astros got pretty good fans. They love those cats. Got to give it to the Astros fans. They get after it. That series, of course, 3-2 Astros leading the Red Sox. They play again tomorrow, Friday. Friday night, they're off today. 3-2, and really, the Red Sox blew an opportunity. 1-2-3-4 in game four. The Astros had to go and call a dude out of retirement. And Zach Greinke... The Astros are out of pitching. Red Sox got to get on it. Red Sox busting them up in game two, nine to five. Astros got nobody to throw. They got to go get a guy out of retirement to start game three, and he throws a couple innings, and then they do a bullpen day. A bullpen day after that. Red Sox never could get a hold of them. Astros win the game, nine to two, tie the series, two to two. That was your chance, baby. That was your chance. And then, of course, last night, the Astros just smoked the Red Sox in Boston, 9-1. to In that series, Houston leads now 3-2. to Woo! That's the final four in Major League Baseball. T- tonight, the Braves and the Dodgers, Los Angeles is going to be throwing a bullpen night. Now, how in the world do you have... The roster that the Dodgers have, your game is on the line. You're about 170-something games deep into this season. 
You're in the final four. It's a do or die situation, must win, and you're going to a bullpen game? I, d I don't understand this. How does this happen? How? Analytics is out of its mind. Out of its mind. And of course it works for a 162 game season, I get it. It's great, Tampa Bay Rays, you wanna go win 100 games? Yeah, follow all those analytics, do it. 100 games, but in the playoffs, it's about winning the playoffs. I, I don't get this. Holy cow. I hope the Braves smash them. Of course, the Dodgers got a few guys to throw. Uh, they'll have some of those bullpen guys in uh, Knable, Jensen. They got a few guys that can get some innings out of But last time I checked an inning, a game is nine innings long. So good luck with that. The lefties have just been dealing for the Braves. Dealing. Last night it was Smiley and Minter and Matzik. The lefties have been absolutely dealing. It doesn't matter if they're starting or coming out of the bullpen. And tonight, guess what? Lefty on the mound for the Babes. They're ace Max Freed. We talked about how Max Freed could become an ace back in episode three. By golly, the kid's doing it. I like it. What else we got to talk about? DJ. Two crazy coaching changes. Coaches are getting boots booted left and right. A couple of wild ones in the St. Louis Cardinals getting rid of Mike Schilt. And, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden have parted ways. The seek and destroy. Journalism that we have today. Got John Gruden. And, of course, you got to fire him. Can't say anything stupid. Can't say anything racial. All that stuff. Got to fire him. Got to get rid of him. Of course, they didn't fire him. He was able to resign and keep that bazillion-dollar contract he's got going. I think he's still owed about, what, $50 million? <laughs> Ed Orgeron out at LSU, they've agreed to part ways. They're going to let you finish the season, and they're going to pay you $17 million to leave. I'll finish that contract out. Holy smokes. These guys are winning the lottery just by losing their job. That's kind of interesting. Seek and destroy journalism. Don't let it get you, folks. Don't let it get you. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, though. We really can. College football has been tremendous. The last two weeks of football in college and the NFL have been bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. You like that, DJ? No. DJ, we need to get somebody else to talk to once in a while up here. You know, for me, growing up in a dugout, it's hard for me to really show off my smart-ass talents that I learned throughout the years talking by myself. And DJ won't turn on his mic. He's bashful. He's shy. Of course, we give each other a hard time, and it's great, but the dude just won't fire it up. So, DJ, we got to get someone else on here once in a while. But the college football games and the professional games have been fantastic. This last Monday night, the NFL, Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans, right? Nashville never disappoints. That game was fantastic. Seven or eight lead changes. Sean McDermott. Fourth and one. Five seconds to go on the three. And he went for it, down by three points. 
Sean McDermott taking a lot of heat this week. And of course, at first, I was like, what is he doing? You got to kick this. You got to kick it. You got to kick it and tie the game going overtime, right? But I was like, this is awesome. Now that I think about it, this is awesome. I want to play for that dude. He's like, my team's going to be fine. My team's fantastic. And I'll ride with Josh Allen any day. He said that in the press conference. Josh Allen, of course, slipped on the play. They did not get the first down. And they lose the game by three. Game over. The Titans upset the Bills in Nashville. That game was bananas. But I loved it. I want to play for Sean McDermott. That dude. He said, my team's going to be good. We're here to win the game. Woo! I love it. Love it. The NBA started last night. DJ, did you know the NBA started last night? No. Of course you did. In Philadelphia, they talking about practice. Practice! Ben Simmons not wanting to do any of the work. <laughs> uh, he wants out of Philadelphia. And he doesn't want to be a crybaby about it. I ain't even going to practice. You want me to run sprints? Screw it, I ain't running no sprints. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. What the 76ers are going to do with Ben Simmons. Can't put a guy out there that's doing that. And of course, college football. Oh my gosh. We're not even to the college football playoff rankings yet. They come out November 2nd, y'all. So we're still a couple weeks away. We got uh, two more play weeks of football before we get to the college football rankings. And it's already getting crazy. I love it. Right? Woo! Already getting crazy. Two weeks ago, we lost the number one. Alabama, the champ, has fallen in a fantastic game in College Station as Texas A&M upsets the Crimson Tide. Last second field goal for A&M. That game was awesome that night. And that was played a few hours after the fantastic thriller instant classic between the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners. OU Texas, a daisy this year. And of course, the pink elephant in the room in college football, not just Norman, Caleb Williams took over for Spencer Rattler at quarterback under the under center at the helm for the Sooners. Spencer Rattler out. Caleb Williams in. Caleb Williams had a rushing play in the first half of that game. Took it about 67 yards to the house. And then lo and behold, he's the quarterback the second half. And no looking back. Those throws for a couple touchdowns in that game. Let's see. In the last two games for Caleb Williams. This week, the Sooners beat TCU. Last two games for Caleb Williams. 507 yards, 34-48. That's somewhere around 71% completion. Six touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's also added three rushing touchdowns on the season. One of which was that game-changing 67-yard sprint to pay dirt in Dallas. And you got to feel bad a little bit for Spencer Rattler. I mean, this kid, come in ranked number one in the country and all that stuff, had all the hype out of Arizona. He's been okay, but just the Sooners aren't playing fantastic with him. They're not playing championship football. 
And they're supposed to be a championship caliber team. So this creates a problem. On the year, he's got 1,371 yards. He's throwing about 74%, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, adding 3 rushing touchdowns. Not terrible. A lot of people would go for that type of a season. And the kid's got an arm that's ridiculous. It's like Mahomes-style type arm, right? It is a freakish arm. Makes all of the throws. But just something's not right. And, and I don't care, you know, I talked to one of my buddies this week and he was talking about, oh, NIL has nothing to do with it and all that. I was like, it does. It's an NIL mentality a little bit, right? I mean, this kid's had to be all business his whole life since he was 14, 15 years old when he knew he was going to be a Division One quarterback. All business. Now, even today, now that he's been benched, which is bad for business, he's got somebody talking to him, which he's had probably since he was 14 or 15 years old. Some wannabe agent, some wannabe close pal, whatever. Somebody has told him to take off the University of Oklahoma and all his social media. So, I don't know what purpose that serves. We all know you're going to be in the transfer portal. Who cares? You're still at OU. I mean, Jalen Hurts, call him. He had to deal with a similar situation, and he handled it flawlessly. Alabama still loves the guy. Call him. I'll give you a little insight on how to handle this. But instead, he's using the Ben Simmons approach a little bit as far as social media goes. He's still engaged in the games. He's still engaged at practice, I'm sure. We're not hearing anything out of Norman as far as that goes. So everything's going all right, and I'm sure the kid still shows up to practice and to play, and he's probably ready to go. He's probably ready to play, and that's a good thing because that's his job now, right? That's the backup's job. It's not your job to play. It's your job to be ready to play. But I don't like the way he's handling it, obviously. And uh, who knows? He'll find a landing spot. This this year's draft class going to the NFL draft isn't all that great. Spencer Rattler might just say, you know what? I'm out of here. College isn't for me. I'm going to go play in the NFL. Be interesting. Probably lose some cashola on the deal, but it might be the answer. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that scenario. But Caleb Williams playing fantastic. Tearing it up. Six touchdowns. Zero interceptions, three rushing touchdowns, 71% completion. Now, he's also, Caleb Williams is also number five on the Heisman favorite poll already after two games. The dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. If you vote for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman, he better end up with about, let's see, he's at nine touchdowns, zero interceptions after two games, he better get to about 50 and five turnovers. If he get, if he does that, then you can vote for him to win the Heisman as the best player in college football. But just hold your horses, okay? Pull back the reins on the ponies just a little. The kids play two games. He's been fantastic. OU 7-0, I get it. By the way, OU being 7-0, they have three weeks coming up. 
This week they're at Kansas State, then Texas Tech, then at Baylor. Okay, after a bye. So they've got three weeks of Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor, and then or then the bye, then the big boys all in a row. The big boys of the Big 12 at Baylor, Iowa State, and at Oklahoma State. So the Big 12 is going to beat itself up a little bit, right? Let's just go over the top 10 of this week's Associated Press poll, right? Number one, Georgia. Number two, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Number three, OU. Number four, Alabama. Number five, Ohio State. Number six, undefeated Michigan. Number seven, Penn State. Number eight, undefeated Oklahoma State. Number nine, Michigan State. Number 10, Oregon. So there's your top 10 right now, currently. Two weeks before the college football playoff officially comes out with their poll. Now, this was a big story on ESPN this week. Now, how how can Cincinnati get into playoffs? How can Cincinnati get into playoffs? And I've talked for years. I've been screaming, the small schools, the non-power fives, you know how to get into playoffs. Go play somebody. And I made fun of Cincinnati last year. I made fun of South Florida, Central Florida in the past, that they didn't play anybody. A disservice to those athletes and to that program that they don't go schedule someone of championship caliber. Well, hasn't that changed? We got to give Cincinnati credit where credit is due. They went and played somebody this year. They're, they won at Cincinnati. They won at Indiana. And they're beating all the pansy little schools that they're supposed to beat. Right? Quarterback Desmond Ritter tearing it up for Cincinnati. 6-0. and oh. And you know how? I will answer... The big question on the worldwide leader this week, they all kept asking, how can Cincinnati get in the playoffs? Win out. You're going to get in. Win out. You will get in. You've played somebody. You will get rewarded for that. The college football playoff committee will recognize that. Last year, at the end of the year, everybody was so mad Cincinnati couldn't get in there. And the college football committee chairman come out and said, hey, we measured Cincinnati. They're exactly where they're supposed to be. Seventh or eighth, not in the college football playoff because they didn't play anyone. Championship caliber. It's that simple. Go play a championship schedule. You will get rewarded. Cincinnati's done that just like Houston did a few years ago when they beat Oklahoma. They had the code crack. Now Cincinnati has the code crack. All they have to do is win out. They're going to get in. Why? Because the Big 12 is going to beat up on each other. I will be shocked if Oklahoma remains undefeated. I will be shocked if Oklahoma State remains undefeated. This weekend is the big game for Oklahoma State. They start the big part of their schedule as Iowa State comes to town. Then they get Kansas and at West Virginia. They still got to play TCU and Oklahoma. And of course, Oklahoma, Baylor, Iowa State, and OSU Cowboys all in a row to end the season. So don't get your hopes up too high just yet. We got a ton of football left. Still half the season. College football playoff rankings haven't even come out. And of course, the Big Ten, the Big Ten still has some undefeated teams as well. Ohio State's sitting there at 5-1. Penn State, 5-1. Michigan undefeated. And Michigan State undefeated. The Big Ten, they, they still got to play each other, too. The East, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, they all still got to play each other. Throw in Penn State in there to mess some things up. A really good 5-1 Penn State squad is, 
is officially fourth in their division in Big Ten right now. So they've got a lot of jostling around there to do. And of course, in the West, Iowa leads the Big Ten West six and one. The West stinks. Although Purdue just beat Iowa for their first loss. The West kind of stinks. Iowa's got a schedule full of Big Ten West opponents. They could have a really good record, possibly still go to the Big Ten Championship, but they're going to see Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan most likely. A really good team, right? Michigan State's playing great. Ohio State, I don't know what they're playing. Uh, Pretty good. Uh, They, like Oklahoma, haven't been all that eye-popping, all that championship caliber that we expect. But it's already such a mess in college football. Who else do you put at number three? It's got to be OU, right? As disappointing as their season has been for an undefeated 6-0 season, 7-0, pardon me, it's been kind of rough. They had to kick a last-second field goal to beat West Virginia. Nebraska hung around the entire game. Tulane hung around the entire game. Tulane actually threw an interception in the first game of the season late in that game against OU in Norman. Tulane actually threw an interception with four or five minutes left that really kind of sealed the game for OU, which could have been a lead change for Tulane. Ay, ay, ay. And then, of course, like we said, the last second field goal with West Virginia, Nebraska hanging around. And uh, allowing TCU to have 5 billion yards. Holy cow. The, the, TC, the Oklahoma defense really struggled this last weekend against TCU. Even though the spotlight is on Caleb Williams and his Heisman hopeful campaign. <laughs> Killing me. God bless social media. Woo-wee. We will believe anything we're told to believe. That's all there is to it. But yes, TCU racking up a bazillion yards against Oklahoma this last weekend. That defense having some problems. They played okay at times this year. Okay. In the second half of the Texas game, they were fantastic. Handled the Texas running game just fine. Handled Thompson just fine. Came back and won the game. And you can't come back and win the game without stops. They got some stops. The Texas Longhorns, by the way, this last weekend, donked off another lead at home this time to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Donked off that lead, and I started laughing. I was like, ha, it's October. It's time for the Texas Longhorns to start donking things off. And they did. In the last six possessions, for the Longhorns, zero first downs, like 12 total yards against Oklahoma State. The Oklahoma State defense is for real. It's the opposite of what's going on in Norman. The Oklahoma State defense is playing fantastic. They can tackle. They're actually stopping people. Now, the TCU offense saw last week that OU's defense is playing kind of soft and not covering anybody. And they're not going to tackle you. You're going to have plenty of space. The Texas Longhorn receivers... Did that one kid, doggone, I forget his name. He went for 270 yards against the Oklahoma Sooners a couple weeks ago. And then last week, he went for like 35 or 40 or something against Oklahoma State. But the Longhorns just didn't have the passing game against Oklahoma State that they had against the 
Sooners, which is going to be a problem down the road for the Sooners. If you want to remain undefeated in Norman, they got to get it fixed. Got to get it fixed. The offensive line has looked better as of late. And, of course, the entire offense humming now with Caleb Williams, but they've had problems as well. So it'll be interesting to see if the Sooners can hang on to that number three spot. They're going to keep it for a few weeks. But it's going to get serious at the end of the year. Going to get serious. College football. Gotta love it. It's going to be fantastic down the stretch here. Holy cow. All the Big Ten's got to play each other. All the SEC's got to play each other. The Big 12's got to play each other. And we're going to see if Cincinnati can hang on, baby. Because that pressure's going to get crazy. And, of course, pressure, it's a little bit of a made-up thing, right? I mean, you practice you practice so you don't have to feel pressure, right? You practice so you can just go out there and perform and perform to, to the highest of your expectations, to the highest of whatever perfection you're seeking that day. But that, that is where pressure comes in. And they, the Cincinnati Bearcats, are going to be seeking a perfection of all kinds, and they're going to have some media hollering at them. It's going to get crazy. It's going to be fun to watch. And I, after all these years of bagging on the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Central South Florida, Central Florida, holy cow, the concussions are kicking in, and I don't know my directions. Central Florida, all these years of bagging on Cincinnati and Central Florida, I'm going to be rooting for them now because they went and played somebody. They did it right. It can be done. All those people, all these years... Telling me on Twitter, at 405dupe, if you're not following. All these people telling me on Twitter, it can't be done. I want to laugh at you, because it can be done, and it can be done correctly, and Cincinnati's doing it. So let's go, Bearcats. Let's see, the, uh, what else is there? That's pretty much it. One other thing I did want to mention a couple weeks ago, the, the Giants and the, the, the Dodgers, right? The Giants played the Dodgers in that series, both guys... Uh, both teams having like 110 wins or some crap when they played each other. Uh, there was a check swing that ended a five-game series. Wilbur Flores, right? The big check swing. And, of course, all of social media will believe anything we're told. Even that white little square that shows us a strike in a baseball game. How could that thing possibly be wrong? But in this particular case, it was a check swing that ended the game, Wilbur Flores. And I took a picture, right? We get a picture of this check swing where Wilbur Flores' bat, he's got his back foot in the back of a batter's box, and his bat has crossed three quarters. It's gone all the way through three quarters of the plate. So let me make this very simple for all the Twitter dorks out there and the social media nerds of the world that will believe anything they're told to believe and cry about anything they're told to cry about. If a T was sitting on home plate that day in San Francisco, and Wilbur Flores had that exact same swing where the bat comes three quarters of the way across home plate, he would have hit the ball off the tee. Okay? He would have hit it. Now, I don't know how much... More you have to swing for it to be a swing. But that's a swing. <laughs> and of course, in that scenario, we would all possibly maybe like to not see that check, salt, that check swing called a swing to end 
a series of that caliber, but the man swung. I have no problem with it being called a swing when it is a swing. That's all. I'm tired. We gotta go to work. College football's rocking. DJ, you take a nap over there or what? DJ, we lost DJ. That's it for episode number three. This isn't episode number three. DJ, you're killing me over there. Quit. Wake up. Play some music. Get me out of here. There we go. There we go. DJ's awake. Your, your turn, buddy. There we go. There we go. Episode 13. This is episode 13 of the Doom Show. Thanks for joining us. I'm RJ Debris. I'm out. <laughs>